so glad that I'm here by the grace of God and uh, I thank God for this opportunity given to me to be among you and I especially thank Pastor Barrett for inviting me here and gladly receiving of this church. I want to just read one verse from Psalms 111, first verse. <clears throat> praise ye the Lord, I will praise the Lord with my own heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. May God bless this reading uh, to our lives and I am glad that I am in this congregation. And it's a very beautiful and loving, caring congregation, what I heard so far from few people. And I know uh, your youth uh, music uh, uh, singer, uh, Brother Robbie. I have met him and I got the opportunity to go and serve some of the school in uh, St. Douglas. That was a great opportunity also. And, um, and I also know Brother Jeremy. Uh, who is uh, again from my seminary and also brother Brad yes hi <laughs> again uh, so we are so glad uh, you know I know a few of the people over here and above all uh, I got uh, the privilege that I am one with you all in the blood of Christ thank you for that um, uh, I bring greetings from uh, India the churches of India and on behalf of my family too, to all of you. Um, uh, I was born and uh, raised in a Christian family, although I did not know the Lord by my heart and uh, I was uh, not committed to Him up until uh, the year 1999 when I came to USA on a job visa. I was uh, in the on and off with the job and one of my best friends was also came here and he was uh, in Chicago and I was in uh, Frankfurt, Kentucky. Uh, I got a project over there, so I was uh, able to do some software work as a programmer analyst in the testing. Uh, unfortunately, at that time, it so happened, uh, my friend uh, Siddha, uh, he made a suicide all of a sudden. So that has depressed and uh, that's how the people who don't have hope, uh, you know, end up and the devil works on that. And I'm so saddened in heart and the Lord spoke to me uh, with the words of Isaiah 1.18. Come now therefore, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins may be red like crimson, they shall be white as snow. <coughs> so that word really uh, took... Uh, hard upon my heart and it pricked me like on one side I'm uh, my best very best friend who also was in my situation more or less and I lost him what about you so you know so God has spoke to me in that fashion so we generally we neglect being uh, born in a Christian families and we think it's okay but uh, God said to me it's not okay I need to commit myself unto him and by the grace of God I accepted him as my Lord and personal Savior and I praise God for that. Mm -hmm. And since then, the very next time, uh, couple of uh, uh, weeks or maybe one month within, I, I was uh, giving my testimony even in my office. I, I used to work in uh, Frankfurt, Kentucky, uh, Governor's Office of Technology, it is called GOT, mm -hmm. and I lost my job. 
and there were a lot of uh, trials and uh, tribulation. But I am thankful to God that He is faithful, though I am not. Because when I look at the Word and, you know, it's deep in, in my heart that I need to meditate on that. And it is what has given me courage uh, to stand by that He is still faithful. And I'm glad that uh, I'm standing before you to give and share this testimony. Um, well, um, I, for the past uh, 10 years, um, I mean, I'm sorry, in 1995, I, I came to uh, the ministry of His Sanctuary, uh, who is my father-in-law. He's uh, Reverend Dr. Rajendra Prasad. Basically, he uh, comes from my Hindu family, from a Brahmin which is one of the uh, high caste in India, they are uh, considered to be top people, you know. And uh, by the grace of God, uh, in 1970 he got uh, converted. The Lord has spoke to him and he changed his heart and gave to the Lord. And he, um, over the years, has planted 22 to 23 churches all over in our state, Andhra Pradesh. I come from Hyderabad, but it's uh, in the interior villages, where people normally don't go and uh, uh, a hamlet of uh, 20 to 30 families hardly will be living there. And uh, they are very in uh, very poor conditions. But yet the Lord is gracious that He is looking after them and uh, He is providing where He has called us to go. And uh, I praise God for that man uh, being my father-in-law and so giving the opportunity to serve them. Not only that, sometimes we do serve in the blind ministry uh, where on, generally on Christmas we have a skits given by the blind people or they have something called a brain system where they read and they do all that sort and it is wonderful in serving them too. And uh, I praise God that He is using uh, in a mighty way. And, uh, and uh, I uh, was uh, praying uh, for a couple of years uh, to the Lord to uh, show me a direction where I can go. And I was even fasting and I was praying to God to lead me. And finally, one of my father-in-law's friend, uh, Brother Ken Verson, uh, he happened to meet uh, Mid-America and he has sent uh, an admission form to me. And I am glad that I got that. And uh, by the grace of God, again, I cannot uh, afford that, neither I am worthy. But the Lord has chosen, and uh, because I am faithful to His call, He has also given the scholarship so that I can pursue my study over here and uh, bring glory to His name. Amen. Uh, amen. Uh, so, and uh, I think I am here to have a presentation uh, on the. Yes, we got ready that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is about the missions, which I also presented in our uh, seminary. Oh, Brother Brad might have been knowing <laughs> and uh, familiar with that. But uh, it's all uh, a commitment that we have to make for the Lord, for the missions. I think if we had not had a mission sent by the Lord from different countries, and especially USA, uh, I still remember in my childhood that there used to, foreigners used to come from US and then they used to distribute Bibles and all that sort. And it really has an impact on our country, being uh, a predominantly a Gentiles of 83% uh, of our population is Hindus. So I'm glad that the uh, Lord has sent some chosen one on missions. 
and it is very vital to have a conversion, I mean, uh, to call people to the Lord and the truth of the Lord. So, by that only we are able to stand as a Christian. Uh, my uh, grandfather, he got converted and I was uh, born and raised in a Christian family. Um, uh, the Lord has convicted and shown me that uh, how sinful I am. Before then I was uh, having a casual way of uh, looking that it's okay to be a Christian. I mean, maybe I was religious, but not committed. But the Lord, with the incident of my friend, you know, lost his life and uh, I took it. And the Lord, by His grace, has changed me to His way. I'm so glad about it. And if not for the missions, uh, India would have been lost. And we do have a lot of lost people over there. And we pray, and we, I urge you also to pray for the nation because we cannot see people perishing beside us. And the uh, uh, <coughs> loss of my friend really is a lesson for me. And, uh, you know, that is how God works sometimes. And um, we have on the clipping over here, uh, on the right of my side, she is uh, Mother Teresa. And she is, I think most of you guys must be knowing, she is a Nobel Prize winner. And she is one of the pioneering uh, uh, missionary in India and she has uh, got a lot of services for the poor of the poorer, poorest and on the left you have uh, a, a brother by name Brother Bhak Singh and he is a man of God and uh, basically he was a Hindu uh, from a Sikh uh, community and very religious in, in India but the Lord has changed him in 1920 uh, where, sorry 1930 where he got uh, called by the Lord and uh, before coming to the Lord he even burned the Bible and he didn't care, he was in London those days and uh, it was so happened the Lord called him and chosen him and he became a mighty uh, father of missions he was born in uh, Pakistan which was in India at that time and uh, he has got about 10,000 churches planted and he doesn't have a single property on his name this was his call that the Lord has given, and he is a pioneer father of missions in India. Maybe next slide. And this is India, where you see uh, different states, around 24 states over there. On to the uh, east of it, you find the Nagaland, Mizoram, and Meghalaya over there. Those are the predominantly Christian, uh, 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 I mean, Christian uh, religion, I mean, what do you say, Christian dominated areas, basically above 10%. Uh, so, next slide. We have the facts about India. India is the seventh largest country by geographical area. India is in the wind city of Sri Lanka, Maldives, and Indonesia in the Indian Ocean, the second most populous country and largest democracy in the world. Bounded by the Indian Ocean on the south, the Arabian Sea on the west, the Bay of Bengal on the east. India has a coastline of 4,671 miles. It is bordered by Pakistan to the west, China, Nepal and Bhutan to the northeast and Bangladesh and Burma to the east. And uh, here is a geographical photo. And the next side, the slide shows you that where we are situated, next slide please. 
Yeah, there, there's a green spot in the India where it is in the South Continent, surrounded by three oceans, Arabian Sea, Indian Ocean, and the Bay of Bengal. And facts about India, the next slide. Home to the Indus Valley civilization, one of the oldest civilization in the world, which started in the region with vast empires in this Indian subcontinent, was identified with its commercial and uh, cultural wealth for much of its long history. Four major religions, as I said, Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, and Sikhism are originated. The capital of Andhra Pradesh is Hyderabad, which is my birthplace. India is their home to one of the seven wonders of the world, the Taj Mahal. The next slide will show you that. So that's, and uh, thereafter, this is the Taj Mahal, one of the seven wonders of the world, where, you know, it was built in the memory of uh, uh, Nur Jahan. So that's how it goes. And the next slide is about the Charminar from the where I was born. This is also a historic monument in uh, Andhra Pradesh. It is 400 years old structure, um, built with clay, and uh, we used to wait there for the bus stop. We used to have it. <laughs> okay, next one here. Uh, religion in India. Uh, four major world religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, and Sikhism, originated actually in India. Zoroastrianism, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam arrived in the first millennium and shape the region, diverse cultures. Islam in India is the second most pop, uh, practiced religion after Hinduism. There are approximately 154 million Muslims in Indian population of uh, 2008 census. Currently India has the third largest population of Muslims in the world. Christianity in India. Christianity in India is the third largest religion with approximately 24 million followers constituting 2.3% of India's population. Christianity arrived in India with the coming of, uh, it is believed that St. Thomas has arrived there being an apostle in the first century. The second part of the growth of Christianity uh, came during the colonization of India which started after discovery of Syria to India by Vasco de Gama. Total uh, Christians are found all across India in all walks of life. Around 70% of uh, Christians in India are Roman Catholics and the rest mainly Protestants and Orthodox. In the next slide. And you can see the percentage, how it is uh, been spread over. And we have a video after this. Maybe we can have that plane. Play. Ajit and Ramesh were returning after baptizing seven believers. They were waylaid by a mob consisting of 65 RSS extremists. They paraded them through the marketplace and the roads. They took turns in severely beating them. The radicals had no mercy on them, for they beat them in front of the onlooking people, but no one helped. The radicals lodged a false complaint against them. They started simply beating us, 
as soon as they brought me out, they removed my shirt and my bunny. All that I could save from my house is the pants which I was wearing. Even that they wanted to remove, but I was holding on. They started assaulting the sister. Then I objected that. So I was beaten with an iron rod here, and I still cannot raise my hand fully. And they simply started beating both of us, and sister was in their hands. And they took me out. And when I was out, one was holding on my hand, and another one poured kerosene all over me. And was taking a matchbox. And then they brought out the sister. They were searching for a rope to tie both of us together. Mercilessly, 
till the blood gushed out in the presence of his wife and daughter. The pastor kept lifting the name of Jesus, even though he knew his life could be at stake. Heartbreaking that you know we do have persecution in India and a lot of the news it won't come even to the paper because the law keepers are doing against the law. So it's very hard in some of the parts, but uh, praise God that uh, it is also a sign that although it breaks our heart, that uh, you know the word of God is spreading to that nation where people are looking unto God and being a body of Christ, we need to pray for our brethren and sisters over there with a burden in heart that uh, no matter what are the trials and persecutions we have, uh, the prayer will be answered. And God is gracious wherever He calls, He also provides and secures us for the eternal life. I praise God once again. All glory to God. Thank you. You're grateful for Jake Carr. Will you just let him know? <laughs> Y'all, this is, um, if you didn't know it already, um, this is what the world is about. This world was made for the glory of God. From the very beginning of time, before anything was made, God had one purpose. And that was to make much of himself. He is like no other. He is the most amazing, most beautiful, most perfect being in all of the universe. Amen? Amen. And from the very beginning, the heart of God has always been to share his glory in everything. So that others might see him and know him and find life and meaning and purpose and value in him. That's the reason the world was made. That's the reason He made people. He made you and He made me. He made them what? In His image. Why in His image? So that He might be seen. So that He might be praised. You were made in His image so that He might be seen to you. And He told Adam and Eve to go and multiply across all of the earth. From the very beginning, He wanted His glory to be spread to all people. You see that throughout all the Old Testament. And through sin and through the rebellion and the wickedness of people, despite the fact that people have turned away from God and have marred His image through our own choices of sin, you see in history God's movement to redeem people back to Himself, to restore His image back to people, through regenerating them through His own Spirit, making them alive again. Why? So that others might see his glory, so that others might see His fame, so that others might see His worth, and so that you could get caught up in the praise of everything for Him. It's the whole reason that Jesus came. He came so that all people 
might know Him. It's the reason that the church was started. It's the reason that you were saved. If you have been made alive again by the Spirit of God, why is it? Yes, so that you can enjoy God. But it's also so that you might bring other people to know Him too. You are a part of a bigger purpose. God made you for His glory. He started the church for His glory. And that's why Jesus, at the very end of Matthew, before He leaves this earth, what does He say? Go therefore. You have been saved. So what? So what? Just enjoy it, coast, till you die? No, if that's the case, then why in the world don't you just take us to heaven after we're baptized? You remain in this life with the Spirit of God in you so that you can therefore go and make disciples, bring other people to follow Him. Of who? Of Memphis? Yes. Of Tennessee? Yes. Of the U.S.? Yes. But Jesus says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. The word he uses is pantheta ethne. And that word doesn't just indicate political, geographical nations. It means in every single people group. When there's a distinct culture and a distinct language, every single people group, we are to be about bringing all peoples to know God, to know Jesus, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to join the army of those who desire to make much of God until the day that we die. Amen? Amen. Every people is on the heart of God. That's why the New Testament says that God doesn't desire that any perish, but that all come to eternal life. That's why in Revelation in heaven, you will see in, in 5.9 and in 7.9 that there's going to be people from every tribe, every language, every nation, every tongue, worshiping Jesus Christ. Jesus says in Mark that He's not going to come back until this happens because He desires for every person to know Him. This is what your life is about. It's not about pharmacology. It's not about... Um, what else do people do in here? <laughs> A lot of different things, right? Ortho implants or uh, medic medicine or research or um, looking around. Air conditioners. Um, I mean, those things are great. But you know your main job as a believer? Your main job, your main vocation, your purpose is to make much of Jesus Christ. And everything that you do, that is your purpose. God made you for that. And if you miss it, you miss everything. And He didn't just want you to be a witness here. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. A church and every people, including Jakars. And praise God for somebody who got the vision of God in whatever country it was. It might have been the U.S. or it might have been another. But some Christian got the vision and said, Lord, this is what my life is about. I will obey you and I'll go to India. I'll go to Jakars village. And I will preach the name of Jesus in a place where they might stone me to death for doing it. And somebody listened to that message. And through that message, look what's happening now. Jakar is here. He knows Christ because somebody went to the nations. You see? And this is happening all over the world. And if you miss it, you just miss the blessing. But this is it. Up on the screen, um, just real quick. You can go ahead. 
16,700 identified Pantita ethne, people groups, where we know the Lord Jesus has said, go into 16,700 people groups and declare the glory of God in Jesus Christ. 16,700. Doesn't seem like a whole lot when you think about the millions and millions of Christians that are here in this world, right? Even the Christians in this city. How many today have been reached? About uh, 59%. Because as of today, there are 6,900 Pantita Ethne, people groups, who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ in their own language. That's 41% of all groups have never heard the message of life and of hope in Jesus Christ. How does a message of Christ get to people? It doesn't happen through writings on the wall. It doesn't happen through clouds that form a cross. It happens through clear gospel witness. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. It comes to the gospel. And how does the gospel come? It comes through somebody opening their mouth to declare it. Y'all get that? So how, does, how do these people get reached? 6,900. 6, They're going to get reached when people say, I love God so much, and I love His purpose in this world so much, that I will go. I will pray, and I will give, and I will go, so that 6,900 people groups with J-Cars living in them can hear the gospel of Christ, because there's no other way that they will ever hear most of the people, you go to the next slide, are living in what we call the 1040 window. All the areas in red right there are less than 2% Christian. They don't have a church. Y'all, think about this. There's not anybody there to share the gospel. Are you tracking with me? It's not like, oh, well, it's their responsibility. Why don't they just reach their own people? There's no one to reach their own people in these groups. And they're concentrated in this area right here. Go to the next slide, you'll see by country. Look at numbers here. 2,218 of those 6,000 plus groups are located in India. That's almost one-third of all unreached people. People who have no access to the gospel in their own tongue are located in Jake Carr's home country where his wife and his two girls are living right now. How do they hear? Pray for them. Well, Yes but they also have to have a verbal witness in those 2,000 languages. Somebody has to say yes to go, to lay down their life and go. It happens through praying, it happens through giving, it happens through going. Pakistan, China, Bangladesh, Nepal. Go to the next slide. 86% of the world's Hindu, Muslims, and Buddhists have never, ever met anyone who knows Jesus. We can be judgmental about them all we want to, but they're doing what sinful people do. They've had no opportunity to hear the gospel. And instead of crossing our arms and going, well, they just need to change their culture, change their society. They need to stop that foolishness. Well, what do we need to do? We need to go preach the gospel to them before we criticize what they're just naturally going to do, which is be sinful and rebellious to God. 
86% of Hindu, Muslims, and Buddhists have never, ever met anyone who knows Jesus. Do you enjoy Jesus? Can you imagine your life without Jesus? I think some of that is our problem. If we truly know God and can't imagine our life without Jesus, can you imagine never ever meeting anyone who even knows Jesus to tell you about Him so that you might know Him? It breaks my heart. You go to the next slide. In Bibles, there are 6,950 known languages. Only 450 of those languages have a complete Bible. 2,100 languages in the world have no Bible started. Not one. Not one. Not one word of our Bible. 2,100 languages. That's almost a third of the languages in the world that don't even have access to Scripture. And you see the other statistics there. 1,200 only have the New Testament. 2,200, they've started it. And about 1,000 of them are... It, we don't really understand what's going on, but um, the language is evolving, or there's, there's needed more help with Scripture. But 2,100 languages. No Bible. So what do we do? Just pray for Bibles to pop up? No, people have to give their lives to faithfully learn a language and then translate the Bible into that language. Like, people have to do that. How do people hear? People have to go. How do scriptures get translated? People have to devote their life to it. And how does this happen? God calls people. This is not a sad story. This is a triumphant story because I know the end. God will accomplish His purpose and there will be a person from every nation, people, tongue, in heaven forever and ever worshiping the praise of Jesus. That's the end. He will prevail. The question is, will you be a part of it? Or will you let him pass you by from the blessing? If you want your life to count, this is it. Declaring the glory of Jesus among the nations, among India, among Jaycar's home village. You see this? This is a real thing. These are real people. Jaycar is my friend. <laughs> and I'm so thankful somebody was faithful to God to go and preach the gospel. Y'all, we pray not just because it's something we need to do and, oh, okay, well, I've got to pray for underage people groups. We give not because it's like, oh, that's just a happy thing to do and it, I get a tax write-off. That's great. I'll do that at the end of the year, special offering, that's cool. Give my money because I get a tax write-off and that's just the cool thing to do as a Christian. No. We don't pray that way. We don't give that way. And we sure don't go that way. You know why I pray? Because I'm desperate for Jesus to be praised in all people. And I'll tell you one thing about revivals that I know. Revivals always hinge on prayer. There has never been a revival that started without prayer. Without desperate prayer. I pray because I am desperate to see all people groups, all tongues, all Jaycars in the world know who Jesus Christ is. If they reject Him, they reject Him. If they beat me, they beat me. But by God, they deserve to know that God loves them and wants a relationship with them through Christ. 
I pray because I'm desperate to see people know Jesus. Why do you pray? You want to know why I give? I don't give because it's a cool thing to do and we get a tax write-off. Sure, that's great. You know why I give? Because missionaries can't do their job without money. God uses resources to help missionaries overseas. Bibles cost money to give out in India. We don't give to some big black hole and it just goes away. We give so that people might have a Bible in their hand. And so missionaries might have gas for their car to go to a village. You see? Every dollar that's given is like that. Well, give up a Starbucks latte. I don't have money. Give up something. That's why I give. That's why we sacrificially give for the sake of the gospel. So that more people might know him. And why in the world do we go? It's not for fun short-term mission trips that look more like vacations than they do actual mission. We don't go that way. We go so that people might hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We go and encourage you. I'm asking you. I'm, looking every, I'm trying to look you in the eye. I'm looking at you. Okay? Look at me. Is God calling you to go? To leave the United States and to give yourself to a people who has never heard the gospel? Or to a place that has heard the gospel and they're desperate for training? Talking about you. Is God calling you to go? That is not a wasted life. That is a found life. That is life to the full. And I pray that our church sends people full time. And you, I want you to go short term. Alright? Yes. Go with us this next year. But I'm talking about, might God be calling you to go? That all might have an opportunity to worship Jesus. Y'all see? What an awesome purpose that the Lord has set in His heart, in all of creation, and in you. Don't miss it. Don't miss it.